Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Yo, what up? Welcome to Tevez the Best. Today is Monday, February 5, 2024. My name is JC Tevez. Welcome to the podcast about my life and nothing else. But stick around. You might learn something new. Happy New Week, everyone. I just realized I didn't record last week. That's It's not because I didn't want to or I wasn't feeling it. I, I completely forgot. I thought I recorded last week. But I'm back. How's everyone doing? I am drenched in sweat right now. I have been playing basketball Every fucking day. Literally, I played last night, so it's Monday, right? I just got back from playing from 2 p.m. all the way to 6 p.m. at the Nike court. Yesterday, last night, I played uh, 6.30 to 9 p.m. The day before that, uh, what time did I play? I played from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Man, I love basketball, man. And I'm getting in shape. I I feel it. I feel like, uh, you know, I'm not there yet. It's only been a month of hard work. But I feel like I've been putting in the work like I said I would in my uh, New Year's episode. This is uh, this is it, man. This is my last chance. I keep telling people whenever I, I say I'm on this journey. It's, it's literally like the prime. Like this is my last chance, I think, to get into the prime shape of my life. Because if you look at all the history... Of professional sport. I'm not going to be a professional athlete, but if you look at the history of professional sports after 33, that, yeah, I mean, at 30, actually 31 and 32 is like the ideal, like Michael Jordan's peak was at like 32 or something like that. So once I hit 34, I'm just gonna, I'm just, I hope I can just cruise. So we're working hard at that. Well, what's new with you guys, huh? Uh, lot of show should be out this week already. Uh, actually, I'm going to upload it after recording this right now. What did we talk about? We talked about, uh, Bongbong Marcos and Duterte's spat. What the fuck else did we talk? Oh, we talked about the shutdown of CNN Philippines and we discussed this juicy, uh, Reddit thread about this, this lady, this woman. Uh, she's a mom, single mom, I don't know, she's, uh, no, sorry, she's just a mom with like a toddler and she complained about this cafe in, I think it was Subic or Bicol or something because they didn't have a menu other than a QR code menu. It's pretty spicy. So go listen to that. Uh, well, let's talk about some stuff. So I was just browsing on social media earlier today and the thing that I saw all over my feed was the Grammys. And, uh, specifically, actually, there's one guy, his name is Killer Mike. He won like best rap song and best rap album. I've never heard of this guy. Am I, I, sometimes I think like when I see all these new names, I like to think that I'm in touch with the pulse of the youth, but I just, I feel like I am just lost a lot of the time. Like who the fuck is Killer Mike? Right? I mean, let's go, let's go over the winners and let's, let's see if I know all of the people here. Except, no, I mean, except for Killer Mike. So album went to, our Lord and Savior Taylor Swift with Midnights, which I did not enjoy that much. I feel like, I, you know, like for me, Midnights just ranks just a little bit above Folklore, which is my least favorite Taylor Swift album. I know there are Folklore, you know, uh, 
purists or whatever you call them, apologists. No, no, no. <laughs> I know some people love folklore, but I, you know, I, I've always been like a red or, or even, uh, well, 1989 and red are like my top two. Even lover, I think is, it's really good. I mean, especially now with the popularity or repopularity of, of cruel summer. I mean, that, that, that song was on lover. So just on the laurels of that song and lover and, what else was on Lover? Lover had a lot of good songs. Anyway, she won. Congratulations, Taylor Swift. She, she beat out Olivia Rodrigo. I know who that is. Phoebe Bridgers. I know who that is. Janelle Monet. I know her. Lana Del Rey. I know her. I know SZA. See, John Batiste. I see this guy, this guy's name all the time. I think he makes like Christian music or some shit, right? John Batiste. You guys, if you guys listen to John Batiste, what is like a good song to start with? You know, like when people try to get me into an artist or when I'm sorry, opposite. When I try to get people into an artist, I try to pick the the crowd pleaser chart toppers because, you know, for example, John Mayer, right? John Mayer has a lot of good songs that didn't really uh, that weren't singles like Stop This Train is my favorite John Mayer song of all time. But I don't give that as my first song to somebody who I'm trying to get into John Mayer. What am I going to give? I'm going to give something like Bigger Than My Body. Or uh, even to some extent, like No Such Thing, I wouldn't even lead with No Such Thing, which is also one of my favorite songs. It's actually the first John Mayer song that I ever heard. Um, yeah, I, I'd go with like Waiting on the World to Change, maybe. Uh, bigger Than My Body is probably the one that I would give. Because Daughters is fucking boring, right? I hate that song. I know that it won an, a Grammy and it's it's got a meaningful message, but that song is so boring! Fathers be good. Like, it's, I don't know. I mean, no knock on John Mayer because I think most of his songs have great lyrical content. But the, the, the lyrics of Daughters sounds like something that you could read from a PSA on a sign about treating women correctly. <laughs> Fathers be good to your daughters. Daughters will live like you do. I mean, I, okay, it rhymes, but wait, does it rhyme? No, it doesn't rhyme, but you know it has flow. I don't know. Uh, I wouldn't lead with daughters. So anyway, uh, back to John Batiste. What's the John Batiste song that you would recommend to me if you listen to John Batiste? Send me a message. Uh, Miley Cyrus also was nominated for best album. However, um, Miley Cyrus won uh, for like uh, what the fuck did she win? Flowers, record of the year. But song of the year, which I was talking about on this podcast before, and I said that she would probably win it, was Billie Eilish. What was I made for? I said, there's no fucking way that song doesn't take home some sort of accolade. And she won for song of the year. But Flowers won for record of the year, which I was kind of surprised by because I think Flowers is like Ed Sheeran's Shape of You. I fucking hate that song. (laughs) But... I get it because it's so catchy, right? Because the lyrics are catchy and it's just something that you can play. This is the kind of song that you, you, you hear when you go into like a makeup store in the United States. I don't know where you would hear this here because they don't really play. What, what stores are known for playing music here? Cause I know makeup stores in the US, they always have like all this girl power pop shit on there and. Uh, like at, at, uh, Old Navy and like Hollister, they always play these, these, these pop music, you know, just to make you feel like you could bang a One Direction member when, <laughs> when you wear their clothes. 
but Flowers is, is also – it's not my favorite Miley Cyrus song. I mean my ultimate – if any song from Miley Cyrus's catalog should win, it would it, sh- it should be either Wrecking Ball or Party in the USA because those are for me her two most banger songs. I don't they're probably not the best written songs. I would say I'm sure she has a deeper bag in terms of uh, me- more meaningful songs, but Flowers over th- fucking those two songs. I know they she wasn't nominated for her older songs, but. If you're going to give her an award, you should have given it for those two songs. Record of the Year beat out Worship by John Batiste, Taylor Swift's Antihero, which was okay. See here, Victoria Monet. I don't know who that is. Boy Genius. I don't know who that is. Vampire, Olivia Rodrigo. Eh, not a fan of that song. Uh, Kill Bill by SZA is a good song. It did beat out What Was I Made For. See, this is, I always talk about this with Rika, and I feel like every time the Grammys comes up on the Halala Show every year... We always discuss what what's the difference be- between song and record of the year. We look it up, we discuss it, and then I forget it a year later. Well, how how can a song win record of the year and then not win song of the year? It doesn't really make sense to me. Anyway, song of the year was Billie Eilish, John Batiste with Butterfly. So is Butterfly better than Worship? That's what I need to know. Dance the Night by Dua Lipa, which is a fantastic song, but that shit's not going to win, right? Uh, A&W by Lana Del Rey I've never heard that I know who Lana Del Rey is I just don't really like her music See it beat Flowers By Miley Cyrus Song of the Year Antihero Vampire Kill Bill Okay Rap album Killer Mike See No I don't know what it is Travis Scott A lot of people I see the I saw the comments on Instagram When they were Cause Killer Mike got arrested By the way He got arrested after Winning three Grammys t- uh, Earlier today he got arrested for something. I don't know what. It was like a developing story. They said it was a misdemeanor, but I don't really care too much to look that into it. But a lot of people in the comments were saying, you know, it's because he robbed Travis Scott. And, you know, I know Travis Scott more for, like, the shit that he does outside of music. You know, remember the whole incident at Astroworld where people died at his concert? I could not name you, gun to my head, five Travis Scott songs. I've heard, a co- I tried to listen that shit is ass. I'm sorry if you're a Travis Scott fan. That shit is not fun to listen to, right? Ah, uh, that, 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 I don't know, man. Uh, the beat out Drake and 21 Savage, uh, Metro Boomin, who I don't know. Metro Boomin. I think, I thought they were producers. And they beat out Nas. So Nas is, uh, a lot of people who are super into hip hop, they always rate Nas as like one of their top five rappers of all time, but he's only won like one Grammy or something, or maybe he's never won a Grammy. I'm not sure. But, uh, so I beat out Nas. Uh, rap song again, uh, goes to, uh, what's his name? Killer Mike, which featured Andre 3000. Actually, because it had Andre 3000 on it, I listened to it for the first time today. It's called Scientists and Engineers. It has a nice flow. I can see why it won. And it beat out like Doja Cat and Ice Spice, right? If you're going to make best rap song, if you're going up against Ice Spice, who I think sucks, by the way. Like, I I like Doja Cat. But Ice Spice, man, I can't name you one good Ice Spice song. I've listened to her, her, like, you know how when you go on Spotify and it shows you, like, five of the most popular songs? I've listened to all five of them. I forgot the titles. Those songs are not good. I tried because, you know, Ice Spice is a kind of a big deal. So, you know, like I said, I want to keep up with the pulse of the youth. So I listened to some Ice Spice. That shit is ass. Lil Uzi Vert. Same thing with Travis Scott. Lil, uh, Lil Uzi Vert. I don't know anything about his music. I've, I think I tried to listen, but I just can't get into it. 
Drake. Beat out Drake. Okay. Pop vocal album went to Taylor Swift for Midnight. Oh, Kelly Clarkson was nominated for an album? Pop album? I didn't even know she still made music. I thought she was just hosting a talk show. I love Kelly Clarkson, but I have... I, uh, I guess I should... I'm not a, that big of a fan because... Uh, I haven't heard any of our music. Ed Sheeran was actually nominated for that as well. Minus, you know, I really like Ed Sheeran's latest album, Minus, but that's the that's his weakest album in terms of in terms of. Hear me out first. In terms of pop marketability, I think it's better than Divide, and I think even to some extent might be a little better than Multiply. I think Plus is his best out of the four like mathematical symbol albums. Minus was really good, but he did not go down the route of making pop bangers. He didn't make a Shape of You-esque song. He didn't make a Miley Cyrus Flowers-esque song on that album. Uh, and probably that's why he lost. Olivia Rodrigo is also nominated. Olivia Rodrigo is, is uh, strange to me in terms of like how I feel about her music. Because I've heard her top songs. You know, I, f- I forget the titles. Driver's License and... and uh, Look at you, you look happy at home. What's the title of that song? Anyway, every time I hear her songs, I know it's her, but it just, I feel like the song doesn't stick to my head where I can repeat even the chorus. Like, I don't remember the chorus of that song. I just know the, the, the beat of it. And Olivia already, I mean, she's super successful, but she's whatever for me. Tyla, big winner. I didn't even know this was a, a category. Best African music performance. What does that mean? Do you have to be from Africa? Because Tyla's Water was a huge hit on TikTok, right? Make me sweat, make me hotter. But she wasn't nominated for like Song of the Year or Record of the Year. Uh, so I don't know. Like I'm looking at the other nominees. I have zero Zero idea who these people are. Actually, Davido has a re- recognizable name, but I don't know any songs. But Burna Boy, Iris Star, Asake, Olamide, Musa Keys. I don't know who they are. Uh, so Tyler, I mean, I, I'm not surprised that Tyler won because she's the only one I recognize. But what the fuck is best African? What are the quality? You know what? Why don't we look that up? Best African music performance qualifications. Grammy Award for Best African Music Performance, presented by the Recording Academy to honor quality African music. What does that mean? Hold on. I'm on the Wikipedia page for African music. Let's learn something new. Is it because, like, I I still don't get it, right? Is she, because she's from South Africa. I learned that when I heard her, um, what do you call it? Her, her acceptance speech. But, I don't know. Is it? Do you have to be like a citizen of of an African country? You know, like not just a descendant, because you know, like most African Americans are originally descended from Africa, so but they can't qualify for best African music because they're not like a citizen. Maybe that's why. Anyway, I don't want to delve too much into it. Pop duo group performance went to SZA and Phoebe Bridgers for "Ghost in the Machine," which is a song I have not heard. Uh, is it good? Who knows? I like SZA, but. I don't like SZA enough to listen to her all the time, so I, I, I miss that song. Miley Cyrus for Thousand Miles. Haven't heard that one either. Lana Del Rey, Candy Necklace. Don't know what that is. Karma, Taylor Swift, and Ice Spice. Oh, they went with the... They, they submitted for the, the duo version. That version is ass. I like the regular 
Taylor Swift Karma. The one with I told you, Ice Spice sucks, bro. <laughs> Billie Eilish and Labyrinth for Never Felt So Low, and I haven't heard that one. Music video went to The Beatles. The Beatles? They still have m- music? The three of them? Wait, how many Beatles are left? Three, right? Lennon's dead. McCartney's alive. Is Ringo Starr alive? Wait, hold on. Pause. Ringo Starr, are you alive, Beatles? My my letter I on my keyboard's still broken, so I can't fucking type Ringo Starr. So now I have to copy-paste the letter I and then just type it in here. Ringo Starr. Ringo Starr, are you alive? Ringo Starr is alive! Okay, there we go. Woo, praise the heavens. Ringo Starr is still walking this good earth. He's 83 years old. Holy shit, he's old. Okay, uh, back to it. Where was I? Where are the awards? Fuck, I lost the page. Where's the awards? Okay, uh, so I didn't know that. Pop solo performance went to Flowers. It beat Paint the Town Red by Doja Cat. Ooh, I said what I said. Vampire, what was I made for? Antihero. Pop, so, so okay. So Miley Cyrus won for pop solo performance for Flowers and Record of the Year, but lost for Song of the Year. And in in pop solo performance, some of the other songs here were nominated for, like Billie Eilish was nominated for What Was I Made For, but lost. I, I, I'll never understand that. Can't they just consolidate it into one? I, how can us okay so for example let's say let's say hypothetically Billie Eilish won for record and song of the year but then would lose to pop solar performance how does that make sense you're already saying that this is the record of the year this is the song of the year so when you put it against any other song it should fucking win right does that make doesn't that make sense like if you have the best song of the year, whatever category you're nominated in should be just automatic. You win. It, it's weird, <laughs> but a lot of people say the Grammys are a joke, and I you know, actually awards shows in general has been getting a, a bad reputation. I mean, a Better Call Saul, right? Didn't win anything in its run. I'm I'm not even that mad about it. Like I know there are a lot of fans of Better Call Saul who are just fucking. They're just like this. Award season is rigged, but I mean, it's kind of weird that they didn't win anything, right? The other perform, I mean, the other um, categories, I'm not really that interested in, like metal. Fuck, I have not listened to any metal music since I was maybe 13, and even then, I didn't like it. I just listened to it because you know I wanted to see if I could get. And look, the names that I see nominated for metal are like the same names that I remember from a decade ago. Metallica won. Alright, Slipknot's there. Uh, Disturbed, I've kind of heard of. I don't know who Spirit Box is. Rock Album, Paramore, okay. There we go. Foo Fighters uh, was nominated. Metallica was, was nominated. Uh, Queens of the Stone Age, which I don't, I know them, but I haven't heard any single song from them. Rock Song went to Phoebe Bridgers for Not Strong Enough. Best Pop Dance Recording. There are three winners? Oh, I guess they were nominated for the same thing. Uh, anything else? Any other song written for visual media? What does that mean? Like for, it's like for a soundtrack? Oh, okay. Get it. What was I made for? Cause it was in Barbie. Dance the Night was also in Barbie, wasn't it? I'm Just Ken was nominated. Oh! <laughs> okay, the, the song from Barbie, the Ryan, uh, Gosling song. Reggae, I don't listen to reggae. Best alternative jazz, no thank you. R&B performance. See, 
R&B. I'm a big I I'd like to think I especially in the early 2000s I was really into R&B. Like I was you know, you name it, I listened to it. Omarion, Usher, Chris Brown before he started beating people. Who else? I mean, Trey songs. There's there's so many like great R&B R. Neo but best R&B performance went to someone named Coco Jones for a song called I See You. I've never heard that song. And funny enough, I know the other nominees. I know Chris Brown. Good thing he didn't win. SZA for Kill Bill. But Coco, who is Coco Jones? Rock performance went to Boy Genius. I don't know who that is. Laney, William, Laney Wilson for Country. Blah, 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 blah. I'm not going to go. I think this is it, right? Oh, Snooze by SZA won Best R&B Song. Wait. So, what is R&B? Oh, see, here's another thing. Here's another one. So, Coco Jones won for R&B Performance, but SZA won for R&B Song. But they're all, it's just the songs that are nominated. It's not an album. What does that mean? What's the difference between performance and song? Don't you perform the song? It's, it's stupid. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done talking about the Grammys. Okay, let's talk about something else. Um, wapow. <laughs> so I, I feel like I need sound effects for this podcast because I just, I just ramble onto the next topic. Um, what else do I want to talk about? I really haven't been doing fucking anything. I've been watching some shows. I mentioned on how to have the show, but I just started the new Mr. and Mrs. Smith TV show, which is a little bit different. From the movie. Actually, it's a lot different. Because in the movie, right, Mr. and Ms. Smith, they didn't know that they were working for opposite uh, hitman agencies. In this one, they know they're working together. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, in this case, played by Donald Glover. And I need to, because I, I forgot, I didn't even look it up on Halada Show. The name of the Asian American actress is Maya Eskrin, who I've never seen in anything. Maya Eskrin, known for Pen15, Wine Country, and Blue Eye Samurai. You know, I've heard great things about Blue Eye Samurai. Can you guys sell me that? Sell me on that show? Uh, the art style looks pretty cool, but if anyone has finished Blue Eye Samurai, please sell me on, like, give me a one paragraph, send it to me in my DMs, and say, here, JC, this is why you should spend a couple hours of your life uh, watching this show. So, yeah. Anyway, back to Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It's good so far. Action is pretty fantastic. The chemistry between Donald Glover and Maya Eskrin is solid. And it's got a cool... It's just got a cool vibe to it. it it's really... Uh, it, it's really nice. Like, I, I like the I like the way it's... And I like the way that it was... Um, it's presented. In terms of movies, here's here's one. Here's a banger for you. It might still be in theaters here, but I was able to find a copy online. Special Agent John. Um, the Beekeeper, directed by David Ayer, who is known for movies like Fury, which is a fantastic film. I think he also did End of Watch, which is a fantastic film. Wait, before I go into The Beekeeper, let, let me talk about David Ayer, because I feel like I enjoy most of his movies. Did he do? No, he didn't. He did Training Day, his screenplay. He did uh, Training Day st- screenplay. Uh, SWAT, Fast, the first Fast and the Furious. He directed End of Watch. Oh, he did do End of Watch. Okay, he directed End of Watch. He directed uh, Sabotage. Uh, I don't know what else he's done, 
But yeah, the the beekeeper, right? Oh, and he did Fury, Fury, which is so good, by the way. If you haven't seen Fury, go give it a watch. Uh, Fury is about a it's in World War II. It's about a team that works inside one tank, like a tank, you know, the the shit that blows stuff up. It stars uh, Brad Pitt, Michael Pena, uh, Percy Jackson. What the fuck's Brad? Logan Lerman. Logan Lerman. Shia LaBeouf. Uh, and, and, you know, Shia LaBeouf is crazy in that movie. And apparently, because he's a character actor, if you go do a deeper dive, he was like really fucking a- an asshole on set. <laughs> apparently, he didn't shower. <laughs> and uh, uh, Shane from Walking Dead. Fuck. Uh, John Bernthal, who's so good in that movie as well. That that movie is really good. Fury. It's actually, when I think about World War II, because I'm a big fan of, you know how I always say I don't like period pieces, like movies set that aren't set in the present? I, I, I make an exception for World War II movies. I feel like I've watched every major World War II movie, and I enjoy most of them. You know, like Saving Private Ryan, Thin Red Line... Uh, even to some extent, the movie Wind Talkers. You guys ever see that with Nicolas Cage? Not a very good movie, but that it's entertaining as hell. But Fury is up there. It's probably my, I'd say, second favorite World War II movie. Unless you count, like, Inglorious Bastards, which is a little bit of, well, I guess, right? It's fictional anyway. Yeah, I guess Inglorious, okay, if Inglorious Bastards counted, Fury would be third. If not, then it would be second. Saving Private Ryan is, is is up there for me as well. But anyway, back to David Ayer's um, latest movie called The Beekeeper, starring uh, the bald-headed badass Jason Statham, who I first saw in the movie The Transporter. And ever since then, he just has played the same badass guy with the British accent. Ever, like, ever since. I, I can't think, except for the movie Spy, where he plays like a funny version of... He plays like a parody of himself, I, I feel like, because he's pretty funny in that movie. But every other movie that he's, he's been in, he's just the stoic, badass guy who kicks ass ever since, ever since he was in, uh, The Transporter, right? I know he was in Snatch and like all these other Guy Ritchie films before, but he really blew up when The Transporter came out, right? And Transporter 1 is the only movie you need to see from that trilogy, BT dubs. Uh, he was also in Crank, which I love. I love Crank 1 and 2. Good movie if you haven't seen it. What are other... I mean, Spy. The mechanic is okay. I think there was two of them. I'm not sure if he did two mechanics. But overall, most of his movies are a blend. They just blend together. So, like, I guess Expendables is a little bit different-ish because he's not the only guy kicking ass. But if you watch all his other solo movies, it's the same thing. But Beekeeper was surprisingly good to the point where it I would rank it higher than most of his movies. I think it's even better than Transporter. I'll, I'll, I kid you not. That movie is just plain good old... It, it has John Wick feels to it. You guys know how much I love John Wick. So the Beekeeper, the premise is... Uh, there's this, uh, old lady that Jason Statham, like, lives next to, who's, who's very kind to him. And she gets scammed by, uh, some call center agents in the U.S. Uh, and then because they take all her money, and then she ends up killing herself. And he goes on this revenge tour and just fucking tries to kill them all. 
that it's John Wick, except instead of a dog, it's that old lady. It, it's the action is great, and it has that that aura of you know the one man army, almost mythical hero in terms of everyone's afraid of him. He's this unstoppable badass that was once part of a secret government program. So good, man. So so good. The beekeeper. God, you guys gotta watch it. it it's it's so fun. It, it's probably one of my favorite movies this year. <laughs> I know it's early, but I, I would probably it probably make my top ten at the you know when all said and done, twenty twenty four. The Beekeeper, I think, is is gonna stay in the top ten, man. That movie is just good old fashioned fun. So there we go. That's the recommendations for the week. I don't know if I watch any. Oh, the other the other recommendation I have for anime fans out there is Solo Leveling. It's on Netflix. I don't really know how to describe it other than it's if you are a fan of RPG battle or RPG dungeon scroller kind of Diablo slash I don't know Baldur's Gate slash Dungeon Siege slash D&D I don't know you name it a- anything that involves leveling up and maxing out your skills this this show is is so good so far so far uh, the animation is so beautiful right I, I anime you know the reason why i can't get into like the legendary animes is because i'm a completionist so you know how one piece right one piece is one of the most highly touted animes of all time but if you try to start from the first ever season, which came out in like the 90s, the, 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 the anime, not the manga, but the anime, it just, it's like watching it shit in slow motion. The a- animation is so old and dated. You know, at the time it was probably really good, but it's just, it's hard to watch. Uh, same thing with like Slam Dunk, although I did watch Slam Dunk, most of Slam Dunk anyway, but it's just, if you, so there, to paint a picture for you, it's like watching, old Nara it's like watching old um one piece that's why i don't watch a lot of uh you know highly regarded animes because the animation isn't so cool so i am a big sucker for visual visual stimuli i guess in this case and solo leveling just hits the mark oh it's so good there's this one battle i mean, it's not really spoiler but there's this one battle with a dragon in like the third or fourth episode, which just is so well done. Oh, it's so nice to watch. It's a visual treat. That's why I love Dragon Ball Z. And that's the only reason why I watch Dragon Ball Z is because I watched Dragon Ball as a kid. Because if I were to start Dragon Ball now, and I had to start from the original Dragon Ball, that animation is ass. But I love Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball Super, because the, the animation is just... You guys ever watched the Tournament of Power arc for for uh, uh, Dragon Ball Super? Oh, ah, the last fight is so good. Anyway, yeah, so solo leveling, go check it out. Uh, I I don't really I don't even know how to really describe the show. It's just it's a fun story about a hero who's regarded as a low level hero. And then he just becomes stronger every episode. And everyone loves that, right? Everyone loves when the underdog becomes the top dog. You know, rags to riches started from the bottom. Now we're here. Storyline. So solo leveling on Netflix, I would recommend. 
anything else? I'm already, I'm already 30 minutes in. I talked for like 20 minutes about the fucking Grammys. What's going on? Oh, by the way, so I'm releasing this week. I might not be able to release next week, but for good reason. I'm going to be in El Nido. So if this is my only recording this week, rest assured that I am still keeping my New Year's promise to record consistently. It's just I'm going to be in El Nido, which is good. Then I'll have a lot of stories to tell. But then a couple days after I return from El Nido, I am going to Bohol like four days later. So look at me not working and going on vacation all the time, which means I'm not going to have that much money in the upcoming months. Mm, what else did I want to talk about? I mean, I, I did talk about it on Halala Show, but maybe I'll, I'll dabble in it right now just so that, you know, since I might not record next week, I'll try to make this a little bit longer. Last weekend, I hosted two events. I hosted a wedding and I hosted a uh, fan meet. So the wedding was really cool, like super chill um super chill couple their friend and it's the intimate it's always the intimate weddings that are the best they only had 90 guests which if you have been to a wedding 90 guests is not a lot i would say most weddings that i've hosted or have attended have like fucking 300 people why i i highly respect the people that that go with 90 i mean how hard i think i've have i ranted about this before how hard is it to narrow your guest list to like six? I, I would even say 60. Unless you have a huge family. How, let me do the math in my head right now. Like if I were to invite people to a wedding, to my wedding, for example, right? I have, I have a lot of cousins, right? I have 16 cousins. And then there, you know, my mom and the siblings, that's like add another six. So that's 20, that's already 24 or whatever, 22. Uh, well, my grandparents are both gone, so it wouldn't count. And if you count the little kids, I guess, you know, how many nieces and nephews I have, just add like five or six. So that's already 27. Uh, and then I guess whoever you're marrying, uh, so let's just double that. So that's 70 people. But you don't invite, do you invite your whole family? I'm just, I just counted my whole family because why not? But, if you're going to invite your friends, I'm sure that you could cut your friends to like 20. How many of your friends do you talk to? Every, I mean, in your life, like I have a lot of friends, uh, a lot of acquaintances, but I have a lot of friends. And I would even venture to say like a lot of them I'm pretty close with. But even the ones that I'm close with in terms of like I got close to them, whether through work or just in, you know, in life, I would venture to say I probably wouldn't invite some of them. And I would think if they're really your friend, I don't think they would take it. Per- I I wouldn't. I don't think they would take it personal. I don't know. Like I have a lot of friends that have gotten married who I consider like pretty good friends. I didn't get invited to their wedding because I know that they're they have closer friends. Does that make sense? And I'm not like I I'm not. I, I don't know. I don't make tampo, right? I don't throw a tantrum. I don't make parinig. I don't, I don't like drop hints like, Hey man, oh, how's your wedding? I wasn't invited. Oh, I guess I would never know. Thanks for the invite. Like who does that? Petty ass shit. Like I get it, right? If it's your best friend and it didn't invite you. Uh, yeah. But how, how many people do you really need? Okay. 70. I'll give you 70. I think you'd be good. Trust me, because it really makes for the best wedding reception. Because if you narrow it down, you cut out the fat. Right? 
in, you know, figuratively, you cut out the fat and you just invite everyone that actually is happy to see you get married and is not just there to give fake pleasantries and eat the buffet and then leave right as the SDE is done. Oh, I got to go. I'm going to go home. I have something to do tomorrow. Don't even bother inviting them, man. Trust me. This was a really banger wedding because it was like everyone stayed till the end. They stayed for the after party to the point where it was so hard to go home because the trap, because the, the parking was so packed to the back that people had to move their cars for people to get out. That's how, that's how many people stayed. So yeah, congratulations to, uh, Kenneth and Cherry for getting married. And then the fan meet. So the fan meet is more, uh, fresh in my mind, even though it was only a day in between. Because I didn't talk about, because I just talked about it on Halal Show a couple days ago. So it's this, it's this Thai artist named Bill Jakapang. Bill Jakapang. And they, they just, it's just, he sang four songs. He strutted on stage and winked at the crowd and the fucking panties were on the floor, man. It was, oh my God, we love you. And I'm not making fun of it. I, I just think, damn, like, how much fucking power do you have as an idol that you can just make with the smallest gesture, the smallest movement, the smallest, like a lot of them, you know how when you watch, uh, I, I don't know. I feel like they, they, if you are a huge fan of someone, they can literally do no wrong. And every little thing that would generally be considered mundane to the average person, if it was just an average person, is like heightened 10 times. I don't know if it's the hormones or the pheromones or whatever, because you're so in love with this person. But like, like I'll give you a couple examples, right? So when I was hosting, so I asked them, you know, I had scripted questions, but the answers were not scripted. So there was one segment of the show where we're looking at some of his Instagram photos, right? And we showed him, a, the, the one of the first photos was him... On, and his motorcycle. So one of the questions was, what does it feel like? Why is riding a motorcycle such a big thing for you? And his answer, you know, as far as I remember, not verbatim was, oh, because I like the feeling of being free. Which seems, you know, I get it. I know a lot of motorcycle people that love, that's why, cause it's like a daredevil thing. Most people like, it's, it's riskier, but why do they love it? Because it makes you feel free. So if I asked that to somebody, uh, who I met and I was like, Hey, why do you like riding a motorcycle? Oh, because I, I love the, be, the feeling of being free on the open road. Right. But when he said it, everyone's like, wow. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> you know, do you, do you get what I'm saying? And then there's another one with his cat. And I get it, right? It's a cat. Oh, it's so cute. Oh, his name is, o- his name was Omen, by the way. The name of the cat's name is Omen. And then I was like, oh, so why did you name him Omen? And he said like, oh, because he's like a good omen. And everyone's like, oh my God. Oh, he named him Omen because he's a good omen. Oh my god! <laughs> I know it sounds like I'm talking shit. No, I, I genuinely enjoyed it. But it's just little stuff like that that makes me really realize the power that artists have on people. I mean, I'm the same. I'd be the same too with like my favorite basketball players. Hey, because uh, I love Vince Carter, right? Hey, Vince, you know, uh, why do you like wearing a um? 
a compression sleeve on your leg. Oh, it just keeps me loose. I'd be like, damn, it keeps you. All right, man, I'm going to buy one. <laughs> anyway, uh, shout out to the team, CDM team. I don't, I don't think any of them listen, but shout out to the team for getting me. Uh, I think I might get another one at the end of this month because I feel like I killed that hosting. And he was a really nice guy, Build, and his team was so chill. Uh, I actually met him backstage a couple times. I fist bumped him. I didn't really want to like, I didn't know the rule. Like I want, I didn't know if I could go in for like that man, like, you know, like the manly back tap, you know, you, you, you're not, it's not a hug. You do like that. You, you grab one hand. It's like a handshake and you pull yourself closer and then you like taps, tap them on the back. I don't know if, 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 if girls do that, but a lot of dudes probably know what I'm talking about. So there we go, man. That was my week in a nutshell. I'm playing basketball again tomorrow. Pray for my knees, man. Like, and I'm not saying that as like, in like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to get hurt. Oh, I am afraid, but I feel pretty good. It's just, you know, you never know what will happen. So I, I, I really want to keep my shit healthy. So I've been stretching a lot. You know, I've been doing a lot of yoga-esque movements in my spare time and I'm still tight as a mother. Oh my God. My legs are just, it's like, it's like trying to stretch. Um, I can't even think of an analogy right now. It's just, I'm so, fucking tight i'm like i'm like a karen in terms of how tight uptight i am it's karen levels god just the slightest thing will tear my ligaments if i if i fucking somebody looks at me wrong um yeah if you want to message me uh, message me on the podcast instagram tevez of the best shout out to everyone that's um you know who's tuned in a lot of people reached out to me because of my new year's episode if you haven't listened to that uh, yeah, do give it a listen. Uh, it really, I feel like it gives a little bit of insight into my mental state of mind, especially coming into this new year. Uh, a lot of my friends who listen, and a lot of uh, strange, not strangers, you know, uh, f- uh, well, you know, a lot of f- fans, <laughs> a lot of a lot of people who, who, a lot of listeners who I haven't met personally have also messaged me and given me words of uh, encouragement, and that, that means a lot to me. So yeah, go go listen to Halala Show. It should be out by the time you're listening to this as well. And I'll catch you, if not next week, the week after. And enjoy, and I'll see you all. Say it with me later. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.